0: Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. I'm Greg.
1: And I'm Erin. We've been married for 30 years, almost 31, and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Greg, I'm excited for our talk today because we're covering something that I think a lot of couples struggle with, and that's grace, giving grace. Yeah,
0: and, and you think about it. I mean, we all come from different backgrounds. We all come into marriage with a whole lot of baggage, always kind of joke by saying part of choosing a spouse is choosing what baggage you're going to sign up for.
1: Yeah. Cause we all have it.
0: Yeah. And we have to really work through that baggage that we pack along the way. You know, as I think back to when we got married, mm-hmm. you know, I think one of those issues that, uh, that I brought in. So my own baggage was really a conflict avoider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I just, in my family growing up, um, I, you know, my parents fought, but I, I don't, I don't know when or how I learned this, but for me, I did anything and everything I could to not deal with big issues Mm -hmm. because I was convinced that it wouldn't go well. And maybe that's where I saw my parents do. Maybe it was around big issues. I feel like this is a therapy session for Greg. <laughs> I've not said All a of word. A sudden, <laughs> Notice who's dead. talking.
1: <laughs> she,
0: what's it mean that Aaron is smiling and nodding as I'm well, talking? As you're,
1: ta- as you're talking, I'm over here thinking, yeah, so you were avoiding conflict. But I wasn't. And I didn't necessarily do anything healthier than you did because Good. the way I bit. was bringing conflict up wasn't in a way that you could even begin to hear me.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's funny looking back on the, those early years because we really struggled mm-hmm. with conflict. Yeah. And you're right. I did everything and anything I could to get out of dealing with issues or, or talking through whatever problem or conflict that mm-hmm. we had gotten into. Well, it's
1: interesting because, I mean, we're going to talk about giving, extending grace today. We didn't have grace for each other and we didn't have grace for ourselves. And so it's interesting to think about those early years through that lens of grace.
0: Yeah. And the the problem though, so as I look back, you know, 25, 27 years ago, the problem that I now realize that I was really encouraging was the more I swept problems under the rug or the more I avoided conflict. I mean, we just, we weren't working through mm-hmm. a lot of our issues. Mm-hmm. And to your point, I man, I'm not saying, hey, that was all my fault. Cause you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there was a style, <laughs> there was a more of a harsher well, style. Well, maybe of, a
1: more aggressive yes, would be the correct word. <laughs> but but
0: it really thinking back to that, the problem was that we weren't then dealing with issues right. and they just started to fester And about three years into our marriage, Mm -hmm. my heart, your heart was really shut down. And so for some of you, that's, you're going, oh, i never thought about it that way. But Mm -hmm. you're right. We're not dealing with our issues. And so Mm -hmm. maybe you're feeling that, gosh, I feel this distance between us. And I'm, you know, starting to think what's wrong with our marriage. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's her. Maybe it's me. Mm -hmm. And, And that's what Aaron and I were doing. That's why I think this whole topic today of grace and how that can help is that it really lays a foundation that we can then use to repair conflicts that we go through because all of us deal with conflicts. A matter of fact, we have a marriage assessment and we'll, we'll go ahead and put a link to this in the show notes. But one of the factors that we're looking at in this free marriage assessment is conflict. Mm-hmm. What I like about this free marriage assessment, it's going to show you three of your strengths as a couple. So maybe conflict is your strength or it's going to show you three growth areas. Mm-hmm. And it's not an or it's going to show you both. But, right. you know, I know for us, when we took an assessment before we got married, you know, and we we kept this copy and that was the thing that it said mm-hmm. that we were going to struggle with. Yes. Was Was conflict.
1: Yes. And it was so right. It, it nailed it.
0: So this can give you some better insight mm-hmm. if conflict is an issue in your marriage. That assessment will certainly show that. So check that out. We mm-hmm. encourage you to take that again. It's free. It's going to give you some, some great insight into what's going on. You know, and later on, we're going to ask some important questions about grace and how we can use grace in our own marriage. You know, we're also going to hear a question from one of our listeners who feels like she's emotionally dumping on her spouse and wants to know is that the right thing to do inside my marriage is to emotionally dump on my spouse? Mm-hmm. So we've got some good thoughts around that.
1: Yeah. But first, Greg had a great conversation with Mo Isam Eiken about how she and her husband had to work through their baggage. She's an author, speaker and founder of the Bold Life Initiative. Let's listen to the conversation with Mo.
0: Well, you know, for all of us, like I brought baggage into my marriage. Aaron brought baggage into our marriage. I'm yeah. sure you, Jeremiah both like what what did that look like for you? what was what was the baggage that you brought into your marriage? and kind of have you guys learned to deal with that?
2: Well, I brought a u-haul, not just a <laughs> few bags. <laughs> Jeremiah brought uh, a few bags. <laughs> i I brought a whole moving team. Um it's been so interesting. We came from really different backgrounds different family sizes, different experiences. Jeremiah came from, you know, a, a family of six kids who, uh, had been in the air force, traveled, lived all over the world. Right. And, and you
0: only have four. So you guys are way behind. He so thinks we're like, a small of- family. Yeah. I'm like, listen,
2: my womb thinks differently. We're a large family. <laughs> it's been a lot. Uh, but you know, I came from a smaller family, but, uh, was raised up in the church, but had lost my dad to suicide, um, Mm. had navigated, you know, my own identity issues had been just through a lot of trauma, a lot of sexual brokenness, a lot of, you've um, written about
0: pornography. Yes.
2: Addiction to pornography from age, you know, nine to 19. And, uh, just a really on the surface successful life was an all American athlete, you know, played in college, played all around the world, played soccer and, things that look successful but like a lot of brokenness yeah. behind the scenes. And so when we came together, we we both brought our own life experiences and our own um
0: wounds and hurts wounds. and yeah baggage, and, and yeah.
2: perspective yeah. and framework of thought that then is kind of colliding with someone else's framework. You both love the Lord, but your life experiences have been very formative in different ways. Yeah. And so to come together in that Was dynamic, but also so beautiful. I mean, I remember even just in the sexual space, like what I was bringing to the table as I was dating Jeremiah and realizing this is getting serious and this could lead to marriage. I remember wrestling with that, like, what on earth am I going to tell him? Mm -hmm. Do do I have to tell him every detail about everything? Do I have to disclose all of this? Is there some that I don't or do? And just that shame that even though the Lord, I, you know, come to know Jesus and he'd healed so much that layer of how do I navigate what I have navigated with the Lord with another person.
0: Right. Um, well, especially we all want to be deeply known right. by our spouse. And yet the fear is that, okay, if you could really see yeah. everything and all of it, would you still love me? Would you still accept you me? So yeah, I imagine, yeah, yeah, I can only imagine the fear that you must have felt.
2: And add that on to a, a girl who was left fatherless Mm. and the love didn't seem like it was enough for him to stay. Right. Mm. He took his own life. And that was some of my greatest wrestling in this abandonment afterwards was like, Oh, his love. I mean, this is from a young, you know, teenagers perspective, but like his love for me, wasn't enough for him to choose differently. And so that stuff gets
0: written under our hearts as lies, deep rooted That becomes our deepest beliefs,
2: right? Not only of our father or of a future person, but of our Abba father, Yeah, like, I need to keep performing for you so you'll stay, so you'll keep loving me. And that stuff kind of all just began to boil up when it came to this time of considering a covenant, right? And I wrestled with it. And I remember sitting down with Jeremiah one day and like taking the deep breath of we've got to have some conversations. (laughs) And so what does this look like? And I think the beauty was I had received enough healing at that point from the Lord, to know how to present it in a way that testified to the goodness of God. Mm. I wasn't still fresh in the wounds. I'd been in like a two-year intimacy fast with the Lord and let him heal so much. So there was probably a presentation that was easier than just saying, let me word vomit all my baggage onto you. Right. <laughs> um, but I remember Jeremiah even kind of interrupting me as I was beginning and saying, hey, have you taken these things to the Lord? Mm. Have you asked for His blood to cover it? Have you sought His His mercy and His forgiveness? And I was like, of course, that's step one, right? And He was like, then if He's forgiven you, I just want you to know from the jump, I withhold no forgiveness from you. I I, I forgive you too, yeah. and and you can share what you're comfortable with in the timing that you're comfortable with.
0: In the healing that that provided. In addition, I imagine was right. was amazing not only what how God had healed you, but just having Jeremiah respond.
2: Yeah, a person there. I, I think I wrote in the foreword of my second book, like to Jeremiah Lee, you looked at my past and took a knee for my future. And that wow. picture of him knowing and allowing me to share with him, you know, who I was and what I had navigated, but who I am now. And the fact that he took a knee and said, I want to walk with you all the days of the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. It was like, what kind of love is this? (laughs) What kind of like, it's Samaritan woman at the well type of, I I still receive you. You know, it's like adulterous to be stoned. Go and say, no more, I I love you. And um, when I think when we as people can embody the heart of Christ in that way for other people, it's transformative, maybe more deeply than we even realize.
0: So for that, that person, male or female wrestling with maybe I haven't shared everything or I'm so afraid to share, mm-hmm. what would you encourage that person to do?
2: Yeah. Like I what's would,
0: appropriate? Cause you kind of talked about what do I share? How much do I share? Yeah. Like what have you learned as far as how to do that and what to share?
2: Yeah. I would say almost in kind of a full circle perspective, one of the primary things that will hinder us from oneness that will hinder us from functioning as a team in health is the shame that keeps us silent, secrets we're keeping. Yeah. Um, all those things create chasms to intimacy. They do with the Lord in our own walk. <laughs> so too with our spouse. But I, I would encourage anyone who feels like, man, I'm realizing there are a number of things that I'm carrying and I haven't spoken of, or I'm afraid if I shared, my husband would bail, you know, or my or my wife would think differently of me like right. I'm not... She can't respect me, you know, or or follow me. And I would really encourage if there are things like that, first and foremost, the individual needs to take them to the throne and needs to allow the Lord to heal to whatever capacity in that individual exchange he can or will. Um, and then when it comes to sharing that, share from the perspective that always glorifies who the Lord is and what he has done. There's a difference between word vomiting our brokenness versus testifying to the goodness of God in light of our brokenness. And I think the ability to testify or to even say in vulnerability, hey, I'm realizing I haven't even worked this stuff out with the Lord yet. I've been so ashamed. I haven't even brought it in prayer, but I am committed to seeking healing in this area. And I, I want you as my husband to come alongside me.
1: Wow, that was a a powerful conversation you had with Mo. And you know how brave and courageous it is to invite your spouse into the dialogue and conversation involved in your healing journey. And so when I think about that in working with couples, as I do almost every day, um, you know, just that opportunity, it has to be done in a way that feels safe and in a way that your spouse can really feel safe enough to open up their heart to really allow you in because when someone lets us into that very tender, that very fragile, that very vulnerable place.
0: Yeah. Kind of the Holy of Holies. Yes. It talks about in the old Testament.
1: Yeah. We got to walk very carefully And I always use the analogy of like, it's like, you know, when you cup your hands and let's say you're holding a baby bird egg, that you're not going to be throwing it around and cracking it. You're going to be holding it gently or even holding a newborn baby. You're so, you know, tentative and hesitant and cautious. cautious, Yeah. And and doing it in a way that you're going to make sure that that baby is safe. So when your spouse is inviting you in, Wow. What an opportunity that is.
0: Yeah, because that can take you to such a deep levels of connection and intimacy if we do create Mm -hmm. a way to do that, that that feels safe to both. Because if if I don't feel safe, I'm not going to keep offering you insight into what's going on for me. What we
1: end up doing is closing our hearts down, calcifying, putting walls up to protect, going into all these measures to protect our heart versus we are created to be connected. So there's that longing, that desire for us to be known at that deep, deep level. But we also battle that because it's so vulnerable. Yeah.
0: And therefore, really thinking about how do I make this a safe conversation mm-hmm. so that I continue to gain access Correct. to that holy of holies, my mm-hmm. spouse's heart. Mm-hmm. where that That's really the way to do that. You know, and, and if you're struggling with with these kinds of issues and we do have a counseling team here at focus on the family that wants to help you find ways to unpack maybe some of the baggage that you're facing with your spouse or if you're going boy I haven't been a safe person call one of our counselors mm-hmm. and really talk through what would that look like like give me some practical ways to do mm-hmm. that
1: and that's exactly what they do it's such a great resource that is absolutely free of charge even if you aren't dealing with baggage in your marriage but with something else we want you to get whatever help you need
0: yeah so please reach out you know check the link in the program notes to get in contact with our counseling team Aaron and I are huge believers in conversation starters. So these are just questions that we can ask each other that just help us to to connect deeper and learn something new about each other. We're always changing. So these questions, even if we ask multiple times over, you know, a year, same question, can really, you know, garner a different response. And so we just think this is such a great, easy way to connect with each other. Cause I, I'm not clever enough to you know, come up with <laughs> questions on my own. So we actually wrote an article and we'll give you the link here in the show notes. That just gives a whole bunch. And so this one, uh, we want to f- talk about the questions pertaining to grace.
1: Yes. And so we're just going to run through some questions. We're picking them out of a blue bucket today. So I'm going to start here. So here's the question, Greg, is it ever hard to forgive me for the mistakes that I make? that's not an easy one to start with wow that's a doozy
0: and again you're you're at the seat to our table here and so we didn't rehearse this or Mm -hmm. I don't even know that you were going to ask that one I didn't either (laughs) Um, so way to pick a really hard one Erin I would say it's hard for me to forgive when I am filled with pride Mm -hmm. in other words there are so many times that something happens within our marriage. And it can be a little annoyance or frustration or maybe, you know, I, I feel super hurt or whatever. But it's it's when I just hold on to pride. Mm-hmm. There's a great verse that talks about do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. So this is in Philippians in the, the New Testament. And vain conceit means that I'm excessively proud of my own opinion and my own thoughts. And that's what makes it hard to forgive you is when I'm so convinced that I was right, you were wrong. Mm -hmm. How could you be so cruel, so mean, so inconsiderate? It was so unjust, and I'm so convinced that I'm in the right, Mm -hmm. you're in the wrong. Why do I need to forgive you? I just need to wait until God convicts you. You're his daughter, obviously, and he'll convict you because he loves Mm -hmm. you. So I just kind of wait around, not thinking about forgiving or giving grace, but just kind of waiting in my own righteous, you know, indignation mm-hmm. because I'm so convinced that I'm right. But that that's where it's hard for me.
1: Yeah. Every time I hear you talk about that, I am so shocked because i'm like really like you're over there thinking like you're so right it's interesting but it well, i know not that's thinking, not i know
0: that i'm right yeah
1: i know that's not who you really are as your best self hmm. and so when that's happening it definitely is an indicator to me that i got to just let god work on you because anything i say isn't going to go well so i just you know i'll walk away and say hey i'm going to go take care of myself i'm going to take a break here but i'll be back and come back and check in with you um, in a, a little bit later. But yeah, that it just it's hard for me to even hear sometimes.
0: And, and this is probably where this conversation could go <laughs> in a in a bad direction. <laughs> and It's funny because right, it's hearing when you say things like that and Uh I get some insight into your own thinking, yeah, it'd be easy for me to attack that or to Mm -hmm. really, you know, aggressively question that. And then all of a sudden now we're in a big argument. Right. And so we just want to point out again the the key to having a safe conversation starter question. Is it's got to be filled with grace. It's mm-hmm. got to be filled though with curiosity, yeah. and that means that that as Aaron answers questions or as I answer questions, that we're just more of our attitude is, huh, you know, that's interesting. <laughs> Tell me more about that. Versus, I'm going to attack that or I'm going to show you that you're wrong for thinking that right. way or I'm, we're let's debate this because then you're never going to actually participate mm-hmm. with these questions mm-hmm. for each other. So here's, I pulled one out of the blue buckets and it's how do we guard against assuming the worst about each other or jumping to negative conclusions?
1: Wow. These are deeper questions. (laughs) (laughs) But what I would say is that sometimes I just do that. Like I will assume the worst or... Go down that those bunny trails of Uh, yeah he he just doesn't care look see I hear that all day long from couples too yeah that's indication they just don't care and you know even saying that out loud it's so opposite of how I really feel and so when I slow it down and think that is what I'm believing about you that's an eye opener. What's helpful in those moments, once I go down that rabbit trail, I'll catch myself and this has taken years of practice, but I'll catch myself and go, okay, wait a minute. Is that true? Is that true that he doesn't care? Because gosh, he tells me he loves me and he shows up like 99% of the time. So, if this one incident, he didn't show up or he didn't do what he said or he was unkind or he was overstewing in the corner because he thinks he's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> you that, remembered what I just yes, said. I'm in that.
1: Big I am able to go to a much different place. And even in those times where it's really hard for me, I can always go, you know what, Lord? I'm not seeing what you're seeing right now. Can you help me out here? Because I know that there is so much more to Greg than what I'm seeing right now. And help me to really get my heart back open and really figure out what is going on inside of me so I can Choose to give him the benefit of the doubt, or go and ask a question. Hey, you know, this is what I saw. Is this what you intended to do, or is this the message you wanted me to receive?
0: Yeah, it's like the verse. You know, man looks at the outward appearance, and God sees the heart. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hear you saying. God, yeah. give me, give me your eyes to see my heart. In that sense, yeah, you know, I think what what really helps me in those moments that. We're, you know, having a difficult discussion or you've done something and I feel wounded or hurt is I, I honestly will in my mind, I think, wait, that's not who Aaron has been mm-hmm. for the course of our 30 years together. Like, I know who you've been. I know who you are. And although I don't like how you're showing up in this moment, that's really not who you've been. Mm -hmm. And there's something about just reminding myself of that and almost saying it out loud
1: inside my It's almost a refuting those negative thoughts. Truly. Because, and I always say, you know, it's an opportunity to fight. For your spouse, and to fight for your connection. Because when we go down those rabbit trails, because the enemy is right there whispering, going, hey, look, he doesn't care. And being aware that that is the enemy. And really, God is our source of truth. So going to him and going, okay, I don't think that's true. What is true about this person, my person that I adore? What's true about them?
0: Yeah, and that really is how you fight against those negative Mm -hmm. thoughts or the false negative interpretations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we just encourage you, you know, take these conversation starters. We've written several new ones all on grace and do the same thing. So go on a walk, you know, go out Mm -hmm. on a date. Take these out. We'll put the link in the show notes and just make a commitment to each other. We want to do this on a regular basis. So we're going to make this safe because we want to revisit some of these questions. So just do that. Be Mm -hmm. curious. Huh? Interesting. (laughs) Tell me more about that. You don't have to keep bringing up your, let's say, husband's answer to three questions ago. I'm just saying (laughs) like you could, you don't have to do that. But do this. This makes such a big difference in our connection. Totally. And there's a way that then we just stay current and and updated. It's an easy win, really. Well, it's time for our weekly Q and A. This is where you can send in any question about marriage, and we'd love to answer that for
1: you. Yeah, no matter what stage of marriage you're in, we want to help. So send us your questions so that we can help with your specific issues or challenges that you're facing in your marriage. You can leave us a voicemail by clicking the button on the side of our show page.
0: And here's the incentive. So if your question is answered on the show, then we're going to send you a free copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance. It's just a way to say thank you for reaching out.
1: All right. Are you ready, Greg? Here's today's question. Um, It's from Kara, who lives in Colorado, and this is what she says. Dear Greg and Aaron, sometimes I feel like I'm emotionally dumping on my spouse a lot. How can I share my feelings with him without it becoming unhealthy?
0: Yeah, great question. I think we we start with what what is emotional dumping? Mm-hmm. And you know as i as I think about that, I think emotional dumping is when one spouse is unloading his or her emotions but without permission from their spouse mm-hmm. with the hopes of kind of getting this repeated empathic, Response. So let's say that I'm at work,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, I'm working away. Oh, let's and just say, yeah, let's pretend. I'm going to make up an example. <laughs> no, but because th- this happens mm-hmm. to us, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd frame it completely as emotional dumping, mm-hmm. but something, let's say, has gone on. Maybe you've had a really tough session with a client mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe an interaction with a friend, whatever. So you call me, you know, I answer. And if you just go straight into, you know, I got to tell you what happened in this with the expectation that all I'm going to do is listen, Mm -hmm. not fix, not Mm -hmm. try to solve. Mm -hmm. But if I'm just listening and and providing simply just these empathic responses, that to me creates a challenge within the relationship.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you think about it. Any other relationship, typically what we'll do is call and ask like, hey, do you have a minute? Yeah, I got to tell you time? something. Is Yeah, is this a good time? We don't walk into our neighbor's house. Typically, we'll knock on the door or ring the doorbell, and then they open the door and invite us in. And in many ways, that's the same thing we're saying. Like What I sometimes will do, because I'll be just like, oh, I got to tell Greg this. I'll call him, and I'll just launch right in. And you don't have an opportunity to even say I can't listen to you right now, or this isn't a good time. Yeah, And so it's just being cognizant of. Well,
0: because then, right, then I feel like I'm being held captive.
1: Yes. Or I you don't, don't have, have an option yeah. to answer or not. So really it's being cognizant of, you know, really presenting it with courtesy. And you're not always going to do it perfectly, but you know, especially for me who has lots of words, and especially when I'm stirred up, I can have even more words. um, Just being aware and cognizant that sometimes I take for granted that you are available to me 247. And that is not the case, that's not a fair. um, assumption.
0: I think it was a, an episode or two ago. We mm-hmm. we talked about this idea of bids for connection, mm-hmm. and what what that is is that just noticing, being aware when your spouse makes a little bid to connect. And so mm-hmm. I would say, you're right. Is it's a great habit to go. Do you have time? Is mm-hmm. could, do you have five minutes? I'd love yes. to share something. But I, I even if you don't do that, mm-hmm. what I've gotten better at is when you call and maybe launch right into whatever frustration, maybe it's with one of our kids or whatever, is that I do have to, in my mind, go, she's making a bid to connect.
1: <laughs> because when
0: I do that, it helps me to go, so I have choice. I can mm-hmm. ignore that and say, Aaron, stop. I have no yeah. time. Yeah. Or I could get frustrated and say, okay, I'm at work. Like, you know, I'm at work. <laughs> I'm working. Like, you know, leave me alone. We'll talk later on. Mm-hmm. Or I, I in my mind, go, I got a few minutes. Let mm-hmm. me just lean in. Mm-hmm. So let mm-hmm. me be a, a listener. So yeah. again, as much as you can be responsible as mm-hmm. the speaker yeah. to check it out, I can also choose to go. I see this, what it's for, which right. is a, your bid. Right. You're making a bid or to Or you
1: may not have the time and it's completely appropriate to set that boundary and say, Hey, I don't have time yeah. right now. I really want to hear what you have been through. Let me call you back in, you know, 20 minutes after this meeting. But I would say as the person who's sharing, to differentiate between, you know, toxic dumping or and uh, sharing that, you know, healthy sharing, healthy venting. One of the biggest keys that I've learned is to really step back when it's all swirling inside and step back and really begin to understand what in the world is going on with me. What stirred me up so much, what got triggered inside of me And, you know, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? And just being very aware of that and caring for my own heart before I take it to you, Greg. And, you know, and sometimes like I'll try that and I'm still stuck. So I'll go to you and say like, Hey, I can't figure out what's going on. Like, this is really bothering me. And I would love for you to just listen or to help me really figure this out and navigate it. But we've got to be aware that our job, we can't ask anybody to give us something we're not giving ourselves. So our job is to first and foremost, care for us before we invite somebody else in yeah. and that way it simmers it down a bit so we can present it in a way that our spouse can hear us. Because if we're screaming, yelling, being critical about whatever it is, even if it's not about our spouse, it might overwhelm them a bit. And it makes it hard to be the listener and to lean in and genuinely care.
0: Yeah, Or if you're more emotional dumping, then I may feel ignored or unseen uh-huh. You know, and I think it's also good to, if you are sharing to then, at least at the end, go, hey, and how are you doing? Is, is <laughs> hey, and a, by the
1: way, as an good, afterthought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> how are Before you? Before I
0: hang up here in 25 seconds, how are you doing? Yeah.
1: You know, it's interesting because what comes to mind is the night we went out for dinner and something had happened and I was just all stirred up. And so literally our entire dinner was me venting. And by the end of the day,
0: I would you rarely do this, but uh I would say that that felt more like that emotional dumping versus venting. Yeah.
1: And so just the opportunity again, what I should have done, I got off work. I should have really checked in looking back. It would have been helpful if I would have gone like, gosh, I feel stirred up. What in the world? Why am I stirred up? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And I could have even pre-warned you when I came in like, hey, I had a really hard session and this thing happened with, you know, my friend and then this happened. And, you know, I know this is our date. Do you mind if I share a little bit? Um, Because I want to give you a chance to share too, because that's why we're here. We want to connect. And we also want to have fun. And yeah. on a date, and my stuff monopolized it.
0: Yeah, and which is is a part of being your husband. I want to be available, mm-hmm. and so I was having to soothe myself, <laughs> going, "It's okay, it's okay." She, I felt like you were saying, "Hey, I really need." you in this moment to be a listener and i was Mm -hmm. able to do that and we Mm -hmm. talked later on and i just said hey it felt kind of yeah and and we were fine
1: yeah
0: well karen thank you so much what seriously what a great question and look out for your copy of crazy little thing called marriage you know if you're listening and have a question click the button on the side of our episode page and leave us a voicemail we'd love to answer your question Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. You know, we really enjoyed this time with you and hope that today's episode, you know, really where we focused on grace and and even, you know, some conversation starters has given you hope as you work on your relationship with your spouse.
1: Yes, be sure to like, listen and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We wanna help you be a team in every aspect of your marriage and remember our goal is to help you and your spouse toward a healthy, godly relationship where you will also grow spiritually as a couple and as individuals, which then we hope you'll turn right around and be empowered to find ways to help other couples that are in your sphere of influence by sharing whatever you've learned on this recent episode of our podcast. So again, thank you for listening, and we'll talk with you next week about this crazy little thing called marriage.